Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Friday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys all have big plans for the weekend coming up. Breakout of today, how today's show is going to go down. We'll start off talking some BYU basketball. They went on the road last night and picked up a very easy win over winless Portland. And I say winless, they're winless in conference play. We'll talk about that game. Also a note on Yoli Childs and an award that he is up for that's pretty prestigious he's in this in the mix for it we'll talk about that second segment we got a few notes to talk about BYU football wise uh pro football focus gave a high grade to what Zach Wilson did as a freshman this past season we're also going to take an early look ahead to college recruiting for BYU football in the 2020 class, some of the top prospects BYU is already on top of recruiting-wise. And then finally, we'll catch up on some of the results from yesterday and get you ready for a weekend full of BYU sports in the final segment of the show with our weekend rundown of the schedule for other BYU sports teams. So there you go, the layout of today's show. Hopefully you guys are all doing great. Have a fun weekend planned for yourselves. And without further ado, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for February 8th, 2019. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this daily podcast focused on all things BYU, your resident BYU insider, expert, and reporter, covering everything you need to know about BYU each and every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. BYU basketball last night went on the road to Portland and cruised to just an easy, easy victory. 83-48 to was the final, and in all reality, it probably wasn't even that close. A good defensive performance from BYU against a team that was overmatched, as you would hope to see if you're BYU fan. TJ Haas dropped 22 points to lead the Cougars in the game. He added three assists and three steals as well as one rebound. Yuli Childs added a double-double with 17 points and 11 rebounds in the win. So congratulations to the Cougars. Third leading scorer last night was actually a guy that BYU fans have hoped could break out at some point since his freshman year and it's Zach Selyus. He had 12 points and he also added three rebounds, two assists and two steals in his time on the court. So BYU now now improves um, to 15 and 10 on the year, seven and three in the West Coast Conference. Portland, on the other hand, just an abysmal season. They're seven and 18 overall, 0 and 10 in West Coast Conference play. They are the last place team in the conference, and uh, looking like it's going to be a long year if you're a Portland Pilots fan. Let's put it that way. That's that's putting it mildly, but a win all the same for BYU and I'm not going to lie there's just not a lot to say about this game I know you're expecting me to have some unique insight into this well I think my unique insight was what is ESPN 2 thinking putting ESPN versus Portland on ESPN 2 I know it was a 9 o'clock game so it's a 11 o'clock eastern time ESPN is trying to fill up a time slot I get what they're trying to do I get it I really do but you couldn't have picked another WCC game and that's not me ragging on BYU it's just more of an uh, a damning statement about how bad Portland is. Like, I know that ESPN has the rights and they have to show a certain amount of games, etc. But I would avoid Portland if I'm you, ESPN. That's just my take on it. But. All the same, BYU picks up the win. Uh, they get their second go-round with Pacific tomorrow. Uh, BYU beat Pacific earlier this year on the road when they kicked off West Coast Conference play. So uh, Damon Stoudemire and his team comes to Provo tomorrow. 7 o'clock Mountain Time tip-off uh, on BYU TV. 
I'm expecting this is going to be a, another win for BYU. This was a week that you kind of just looked at it and you said, okay, BYU, you've got to get two wins here. If you want to stay in the mix for one of those top two seeds in the West Coast Conference Tournament, these are games you have to win. So I'm expecting BYU should be able to go out and win this game. Pacific uh, has been they've been okay this year, but not like they were last year. Last year, I thought they were a team that was on the come. I thought they were a team that was going to break out this year under Damon Stoudemire. They are a team that does give BYU trouble. If you remember listening to the podcast when we previewed the first matchup between these two teams, Pacific likes to use that dribble drive penetration and they like to kick it out to guys on the three-point line. And that is something that's going to be important for BYU here to make sure that they stay in front of guys from Pacific. Uh, one note from last night is that Nick Emery got his first start of the year, so congratulations to him on returning to the starting lineup for BYU. I would expect he probably stays in the starting lineup tomorrow. He's one of BYU's best on-ball defenders. I have no qualms about saying that. I, he likes to put the effort in on the defensive side of the ball. Um, similar to his brother Jackson, he may not be the most natural defender like Jackson was, but he does like to put his nose in there. So it would be important for BYU tomorrow night when they're taking on Pacific just stop the dribble drive penetration you play good defense and you should win this game you should improve to eight and three in West Coast Conference play and move on to next week when you have a road date at an improving San Diego San Diego has been getting healthier had a bunch of guys out earlier this year so that could be a little more of a test next year next week but we'll uh, break that down for you next week but tomorrow Pacific is the is the game to watch for BYU basketball fans and one guy you want to watch in particular because he's up for an award is uh, Yoli Childs. He is one of the 10 finalists for the Carl Malone Power Forward of the Year Award in college basketball. They have five different individual awards for the five different positions on the basketball court. They're all named for legendary players and Utah Jazz fans, Carl Malone, an NBA fan in period, you know Carl Malone's name. Well, the honor recognizes the top power forward in college basketball. The National Committee whittled their list from 20 in October to 10. Yoli Childs does make the cut. He is averaging a team high of 21.2 points, a team high of 9.5 rebounds this season. He's shooting 52.5% from the field and 72% from the free throw line as of right now, so before this Pacific game. So the Bingham High product just having a great year, and congratulations to Yoli Childs on moving up on this list, I don't know that he ultimately does win it. It's it's just kind of tough to really um, nail it down because there's some good players out there. Uh, past winners of it include DeAndre Ayton, who was the number one overall pick last year, Jonathan Motley from Baylor in 2017, George Niang, who is now a forward for the Utah Jazz, won it out of Iowa State in 2016, and then Montrez Harrell, who is now playing for the Los Angeles Clippers. He won it when he was at Louisville in 2015. So there are some big names on this year's list, none more so than Zion Williamson from Duke. If you've watched anything on the ESPN. They're on ESPN all the time. He is a true freak. Some other big names on there, P.J. Washington, Jordan Murphy out of Minnesota, and then Mike Dom, the sharpshooter from South Dakota State. So it'll be... 
it'll be tough for Yoli to win it, but the the big thing is he's he did make the first cut from 20 to 10, and we'll keep you updated on that as things move forward. All right, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back on the other side, talk some BYU football. Got a few notes we need to talk about. Uh, an honor for Zach Wilson in terms of a grade that he was given among true freshman quarterbacks in college football. We'll talk about that. We'll also take an early look at the 2020 recruiting cycle for BYU. It's never too early to start talking recruiting, and BYU's got some massive, massive prospects that are already in on that do have connections to the school or are connected via a commitment to BYU. So we'll talk about all that next right here on Locked on Cougars. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. A reminder for you guys, if you do have a smart speaker, a Google Home, an Alexa, whatever you got, to listen to this podcast, it does all the hard work for you. You just have to use your voice and say, hey, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and you'll have the latest and greatest in BYU news right there for you. And I would encourage you guys, if you didn't have a chance to hear my recruiting day uh, extravaganza podcast, I sat down with Sean Walker, we went for about 45 minutes on BYU recruiting on Wednesday after the signing day press conference. Go back and listen to that. So that's Wednesday's edition and also yesterday, I had a chance to speak with both Aaron Roderick and A.J. Stewart about the quarterback and running back positions in particular for BYU, talking some recruiting, also talking about guys heading up to spring ball. There was some good stuff on those two podcasts. I would encourage you to go back and listen to them if you haven't heard those already. And any of you that are brand new to the podcast today, thanks again for downloading us. Hopefully you'll find it of worth and you'll come back for more. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you don't mind. It helps us out in terms of getting the word out about this podcast. All right, now let's talk some BYU football. Um, I saw this on Twitter yesterday. I wanted to bring this up. Is an award, I guess, of sorts was handed out to Zach Wilson. Uh, Pro Football Focus, they have a college arm, and they do a lot of um, analyzation of every play when players are on the field in their respective games. And they had the highest-graded true freshman uh, based on one a minimum of 150 dropbacks for passes in college football. Well, on that list was, of course, the national champion starting quarterback, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. He had a grade of 90.7. Not all that surprising. That was followed by Brock Purdy, uh, the star freshman for Iowa State. He had an 88.4 rating, and Purdy is a kid out of Arizona that was highly rated out of high school, and he's already shown it as a true freshman. But then, number three on that list... Our very own Zach Wilson from BYU with a grade of 83.3. Congratulations to Wilson. A well-deserved honor. Um, And this is a guy that, I'm telling you guys, BYU, when they've had a good quarterback on their roster who can lead the way, 
They do great things. They do good things. BYU wins a lot more than they lose with a stud quarterback. And it sure looks like Zach Wilson is on on his way to that. Of course, he will be out for spring ball with the shoulder surgery he underwent. It was a nagging issue. The coaches and he and everybody else involved, it sounds like, are not concerned that it has any long-term ramifications. And as such, it's just a matter of time awaiting for him to be healthy in the summer and start slinging the ball around again, getting back into shape and leading BYU into their 2018 slate. So congratulations to Zach Wilson on that honor from Pro Football Focus's College Arm. You can follow them at PFF underscore college. Check that out. All right. And then, of course, it is recruiting season always. BYU, it never stops. They have to just continue to recruit guys. And it happens with every college football program. You're out there trying to find the biggest and brightest in each class, and the 2020 class is up next for BYU. And I'm not going to lie, BYU in the 2020 class, if they were to land the guys that I'm about to talk about, the entire list of them, this would be the most highly rated class in probably a decade for the Cougars. I know that the 2010 class with Jake Heaps, Ross Oppo, Zach Stout, some of the headliners of that class was ranked a top 25 class in college football, but in terms of overall impact, wasn't great, but I think this might be the, if they were to land everybody on this list, and this isn't a full list, a comprehensive list, because there will be guys that reveal themselves over the next year leading up to signing day that BYU will recruit. But they have a number of guys they're already on top of. And we'll start off and we'll run down some of the guys here. I have about five guys I wanted to talk about today. None more so than Andrew Gentry. Andrew Gentry is probably the biggest recruit BYU will have chased in the modern college football recruiting era. We're talking since college football recruiting rankings started in the early 2000s. Gentry is a mountain of a prospect. Six foot eight, 310 pounds from Littleton, Colorado, Columbine High School. And now you're wondering, okay, how in the world is BYU in on a four-star prospect? The 24-7 sports composite for him right now is he is the number he has he is a four-star prospect with a grade of 94.99. That is an elite prospect on the cusp of being a five-star guy. And you wonder, okay, why is BYU in on this? Well, his older brother JT Gentry is currently on BYU's roster. He went on a mission. And that would lead you to think, okay, well, he's going to have some sway over his brother. JT is more of an interior offensive lineman, a guard, or a center prospect. But Andrew Gentry is a tackle. And I'm telling you guys, based on this film, this is John Tate. And that is some high praise. I get it. I'm comparing a high school junior to a former all-pro, Pro Bowl selection, multi-year Pro Bowl selection in the NFL. But I'm telling you, in terms of what it looks like on film right now, Andrew Gentry is all that in a bag of chips. So if BYU is able to land him due to the family connection, will be a massive recruiting coup when it comes to BYU and making an impact nationally. Another kid that I'm impressed with, and he's actually currently a commit to BYU. He's been committed since last summer. So he's a longtime commit. Is Dallin Misake? Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correctly. But he's a linebacker prospect at Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Misake currently is a three-star prospect according to the 24/7 Sports Composite with a grade of 83.55. 
I'm telling you, Misake, in my opinion, by the end of this recruiting cycle is going to be a four-star guy. That's just my thought. He is a true impact player as an outside linebacker. We're talking in the mold of a Brady Papinga, a Kyle Van Noy, David Nixon. Think of all the great outside linebackers, a Fred Warner that BYU has had. Well, Misake looks like he could be the next one, at least on film. So he's a hard commit to BYU. He's been committed since last summer. It'll It's going to be tough. BYU is going to have all kinds of teams chasing him. He's already got offers coming in from the SEC and the Pac-12, and he's playing at Bishop Gorman, which is one of the biggest high school football programs in the country so it'll be important for BYU to stay on top of them I'm expecting that they'll be visiting him all the time he does tweet out a lot of things from BYU so we'll see what happens there now a quarterback of course BYU they landed a quarterback in this past class in Jacob Conover well you always want to recruit a quarterback in each class and one of the top quarterbacks that BYU is in on already who is a church a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is Sol J Maeva he is a former Kahuku high school product who was offered by Jim Harbaugh and Michigan in seventh grade if I'm not mistaken Oh, no, it was ninth grade. Ninth grade, excuse me. He was a ninth grader that was offered by Harbaugh at a camp he, when he saw him in Hawaii. Well, Soljay has actually made the move clear across the country. He now resides in Washington, D.C. He is playing for St. John's College High School. He's currently a three-star prospect, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. Uh, he's a 15th-ranked nationally and as a dual-threat quarterback. And like I said, as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he has that connection. He already has an offer offer from BYU. He has that offer from Michigan, Oregon. I think Utah's also in on him. So BYU, if they want a, a top-level dual-threat quarterback, Soljay Maeva might be the guy for them they'll be chasing. Uh, of course, this seems like every recruiting class has a high-level Sewell brother in the mix, and that is no different here. Noah Sewell, who plays for Orem High School, is a standout linebacker prospect for the Orem Tigers. He's one of the top 10 inside linebacker prospects in the country. He's currently a four-star prospect, according to 24-7 Sports, with a grade on the composite scale scale of 91.25 just a truly incredible player the tough part is BYU has not yet landed a Sewell brother and that is enrolled at BYU I know that Nephi was committed to BYU for a while but he is enrolled at Utah he's going to be a Ute uh, there's also news that the other Sewell brother who was at Nevada he has transferred he's back in the transfer portal can BYU land him who knows I do know, and I don't know how many people know this. If you do, congratulations to you. But the Sewell's mother works for the BYU football program. Obviously, it's not slowed them down because Panay is the starting left tackle up at Oregon. Like I said, Nephi Sewell is in school at Utah. Maybe Noah Sewell can be the guy that BYU breaks through on. We'll see what happens there. All right, and then one final name I wanted to mention here real quick is Nate Ritchie. Of course, local prospects will always be guys that BYU needs to keep an eye on, and Nate Ritchie is no different. He is a Lone Peak product, another safety-slash-linebacker prospect, six foot three, 200 pounds, and he is a great player. He's a three-star prospect according to 24-7 Sports. His composite rating is an 84-even. And recently, David Shaw and Stanford were on campus at Lone Peak checking out Richie, who also plays basketball for the Lone Peak Knights program. 
Richie's going to be a tough guy for BYU to land, but Lone Peak has a rich tradition of sending guys to BYU, and I think it's going to be the hope that BYU can land him. Um, he plays offense, defense, he returns kicks. I believe he's also the uh, kicker and punter for Lone Peak. He's At least he has been at points. I've seen him play multiple times in person, and he is just a true impact player. So we'll see what happens when it comes to Nate Ritchie. So there you go. Recruiting. There are other guys I could talk about. Guys like by the name of Tate Romney, the younger brother of Baylor and Gunnar Romney. He's a linebacker out of Chandler, Arizona. Logan Peely, the younger brother of Keenan and Trajan Peely. There's a lot of names when it comes to BYU recruiting in the 2020 class. Ace Kafusi, another cousin of the famed Kafusi clan, lives in Hawaii. So there will be lots of names to talk about, but those five I wanted to talk about. High-level three-star prospects and four-stars and in the case of um, Andrew Gentry, a potential five-star guy if BYU can land all these guys, we're talking a significant upgrade when it comes to the upcoming recruiting rankings. All right, we will take a timeout here. Oh, sorry. No, I'm not taking a timeout yet. I do also need to give a shout out. Sione Takitaki will be the lone BYU player representing the Cougars at the NFL Combine this year. Kind of an unfortunate and unjust in my mind that Corbin Kafusi did not get that invite. I wonder how much his health status in terms of the surgeries he had to undergo affected his availability for it and how the, that committee saw him but he is not going to be there but Sione Takitaki will had a standout showing at the East West Shrine game got a late invite to the Senior Bowl so he is kind of flying up I think NFL draft scouts boards and congratulations to him will be taking part among the 338 other players invited to Indianapolis Cal- uh, not Indianapolis California Indianapolis Indiana Lucas Oil Stadium. It's televised on NFL Network. You'll be able to see it there. And here's hoping that Sione can make good on his dreams of playing in the NFL, have a good showing at the Combine, and continue to rise up draft boards. All right, now I'm done. We'll take a time out, come back, final segment of the show, get you ready for a weekend ahead with the look at what the other sports teams and their schedules are. That's all coming up next, right here on Locked on Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, resident BYU insider and expert when it comes to BYU sports. Final segment of the show and the week for this podcast. But as we look ahead to the schedule, we also do need to look back at some of the other results from last night. And it was another gut punch loss for BYU women's basketball. Their 11-game win streak is firmly in the rearview mirror. They lost their third straight game uh, Thursday when they lost to St. Mary 78-75. to Tough loss for BYU. BYU. They're going to have to really dig deep to bounce back from this. They had such a good season going, and they're back in action tomorrow when they host uh, Pacific at 2 p.m. on BYU TV. It's a doubleheader tomorrow. If you want to ca- catch both the men's and women's teams in action, you can do that at the Marriott Center. Make it a day-night doubleheader. I guess we can call, use that baseball term. And That's 2 o'clock for the women's team, 7 o'clock for the men's team, both games against the Pacific Tigers. And here's hoping that the women's basketball 
basketball team can bounce back. Um, also, the women's softball team yesterday uh, got split their games. They beat number 18 Baylor 4-3 to in the nightcap. So congratulations to BYU women's softball on splitting their games on Thursday. I know they're already in action today as of recording. We'll have a full recap of how they perform down there in Puerto Vallarta on Monday when we're back here on the podcast. But best of luck to Gordon uh, Eakin's squad south of the border there in Mexico. But already one win over a ranked team, so congratulations to the women's softball team. All right, now let's look ahead. Oh, actually, sorry. One other note I wanted to make here. Um, BYU men's baseball is actually set to begin their season next week. They'll be in Arizona for some games. But Brock Hale, their senior outfielder, has been named preseason All-West Coast Conference ahead of the 2019 season. He started all 50 games in 2018. He led the Cougars with a 342 batting average, 67 hits, 40 runs, 31 RBIs, 15 doubles, 7 stolen bases, and 8 home runs. Oh, and also 22 walks and a partridge in a pear tree. Well, he's preseason all WCC by the conference head coaches. They have tabbed BYU to finish sixth in the league this year. But more importantly... D1 Baseball, in my mind, the foremost authority when it comes to college baseball, has tabbed Hale as the preseason WCC Player of the Year, All-WCC, and then also Perfect Game, uh, another publication that's national, listed Hale All-WCC and named him the, quote, best pure hitter, unquote, in the conference. So best of luck to the women's team. And uh, so... So best of luck to the men's baseball team, and Brock Hale will be expecting big things from him this year. Hopefully he's able to go out and accomplish everything he's got going for him. All right, now I promise we're going to get to the schedule here and let you know where all these other teams are in action. We talked about already the women's basketball team at 2 o'clock tomorrow, uh, a day-night doubleheader with the men's basketball team, both games against Pacific, 2 o'clock Mountain Time for the women's game, 7 o'clock for the men's game. The men's and, tr- men's and women's track and field teams are splitting their teams once again this week nationally ranked on both sides they will be in either Ames Iowa or Lubbock Texas at the Iowa State Classic there in Ames or the Texas Tech shootout in Lubbock so best of luck to the men's and women's track and field teams that is happening today and tomorrow you can go to BYUcougars.com for a full update on that Uh, women's tennis is in action today as well taking on Boise State at the indoor tennis courts I believe that actually opens up their spring season so best of luck to the women's tennis team. Uh, the women's tennis team will also face New Mexico tomorrow at 10 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time at the indoor tennis courts down there in Provo. So best of luck to them. Uh, women's uh, softball in action tomorrow. I believe is their final game in Puerto Vallarta will go against North Carolina, and that'll be at 11.30 a.m. Uh, we already mentioned women's basketball. Men's tennis is in action tomorrow, taking on Santa Clara, 5 o'clock Mountain Time. Home matches for tennis. They usually bring out the pizza, so you can go out and check that out, 5 o'clock. It's a WCC uh, gig for men's tennis. And then finally, men's uh, volleyball is on the road at number four UCLA at the John Wooden Center tomorrow. It'll be televised on the Pac-12 network if you want to watch it. It's 8 o'clock Mountain Time for that match. Oh, and then also, finally... Women's um, Gymnastics is going to be on the road in Colorado Springs, Colorado, as they participate in a quad meet against Air Force, Springfield, and Seattle Pacific. And just me being the homer that I am, I'm guessing that BYU should be favored to win that matchup. They've been nationally ranked most of this year. They've had some tough losses, but I expect them to bounce back. All right. 
That's it. That's the podcast for today. Thanks for joining me. We will be back on Monday, a full recap of everything that happened in BYU sports. We'll also take a closer look at BYU football and basketball like we always do right here on the podcast. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy it. The weather's supposed to turn bad here along the Wasatch Front, so enjoy the good weather while it lasts and also embrace the snow. We need that water. You all know that. All right. Talking to you soon. Hope you guys are all having a great weekend. This has been Jay Catch, and this has been Locked on Cougars for February 8th, 2019.